With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. So welcome back to the Talking Hockey Podcast. We got Eric and Martin here. Ty and Luke uh, are not participating this week because they know nothing about fantasy hockey. Um, this is episode 41, supposedly. So, you know, we're we're uh, already 40 episodes in, which is pretty impressive. I give us a lot of credit for continuing on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe just said Half you guys are battle. echoing like crazy. Luke? Joe says we're echoing. I don't know. Okay, never mind. It's fixed, I guess, according to Joe. Anyways, so between me and... So what we're doing today is we're just covering everything fantasy hockey. We might be breaking this up into two separate episodes. It depends on how much me and Martin kind of shoot the shit, basically. Uh, we'll take questions in the uh, in the um, Twitch stream chat, but we're also just going to cover a lot of the questions that you guys submitted on, uh, on one of the question things I posted on a story. Uh, I think we're going to take more like general approach to it and then more specific players maybe next week, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Martin, you have anything to say before we start? Um, I just want to say that it feels weird thinking about fantasy hockey because I haven't thought about it in... Nine months. Nine months. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, Our league ended and we never really resolved it, right? Yeah, it just... Well, what were we supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> did like a playoff thing, but playoffs yeah. is a whole new another beast. And it's going to be weird with a fifty-six game season as well. Because so for reference, we're going to be talking about points according to an eighty-two game schedule. So when we mention like a fifty-point player, we're not saying fifty points in fifty-six games, just because it's easier to reference players based off an eighty-two game schedule instead of a whatever it is fifty-six it's supposed to be as of right now. Is it fifty-six? Um, yeah, I think I believe so. Um, between me and Martin, because me and Martin are usually in the same fantasy league, I think Martin does like one or two, or he does a playoff league and then one other league separate, I think. Between me and Martin, I think we're either first, second, or third basically every single year in fantasy hockey that I can remember anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think 
Yeah, ba- basically in the regular season. The playoffs is a little bit different. I think I won last year. I think Martin won the year before that, but that's our credentials mm-hmm. for anyone wondering. <laughs> um, okay, so for, yeah, for... everyone else in the league just sucks. So yeah, that, <laughs> we there's like two other good players in the league. There's your buddy Nate and then uh, Walker, I guess. Yeah, both of them are good. Pretty good. And then and then it, and then there's a little bit of a drop off. I feel in in talent at level. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Definitely. so first thing we should cover is goalies because I feel like goalies is kind of what people find most difficult. Okay. Um, so typically in I a I don't like regular, doing goalies. Yeah, goalies are difficult, which is why I think we should start with it first because typically when you're drafting goalies, you you want the best goal, you want the goalies on the best teams, right? So you want your goalies on Vegas, you want them on. Tampa, you want it on, you know, Dallas, or you want them on uh, Boston, you know, like the best teams in the league. But this year is going to be weird because it's going to be a condensed schedule and less games, which could mean either more timeshares or starters kind of take back a little control because maybe, you know, they're not going to be playing a whole eight. They're not going to have potential to play 60 games. So Mm -hmm. maybe teams will think that their goalies are rested enough and they can play them a little bit more often. Maybe there isn't this 50-50 splits that a lot of people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I'm not Very sure true. if we're going to see a reverse in backup goalies getting more time in net or if we're going to see kind of a reversal back to the old norms of starting goalies playing more games because they won't have the wear and tear, right? Like most goalies literally wouldn't have played hockey for nine months. Yeah. By the time Perse- the season starts, and then some, Perse- some would be like six months. Because Perse- I, I bet, I bet they, they ride the starters hard this year. Yeah, I feel, I feel like they might, right? Because even in a fifth, even in a like relatively rushed season, if your goalie's mm-hmm. only going to play forty games or mm-hmm. thirty-five games or something like that, that's not that many games. Mm-hmm. And then goes and going exactly. Up, like I think teams might literally just say we're going to ride our starters out this year, and. Mm-hmm. With a flat cap, a lot of teams couldn't go after better backup goaltending than what they would have ideally liked to have done, I feel, mm-hmm. as well. So I feel like getting the starters is going to be really important this year. That's what I'm basing it on. But again, we don't know. Maybe teams <laughs> decide they're going to split it. They're going to continue the uh, trajectory of continually splitting goalies. But right now I'm looking at, I think we all know kind of the top goalies. There's Vasilevsky, um, Frederick Anderson, Tuka Rask. Um, I guess Ben Bishop's injured, so Anton Kudobin could be a huge pickup at the beginning of the season, and I feel like he'll go much lower than many people think he will because um, some people might still assume Bishop will take over back when he's back when he's back and not injured. But there aren't a lot of like very clear number one goalies in the league this year. Like there's Carter Harden, Philly, um. Maybe Samsonov in Washington, but he could easily easily be a timeshare with Lundqvist, and then Vegas. Leonard's probably the starter with Flurry as a backup, but mm-hmm. could Flurry steal twenty five games and Leonard play 30, 31? Like I, I think that's really. possible. They're paying Flurry seven million dollars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I feel like they're gonna play him <laughs> a bit. Um, so that could almost be a timeshare. I feel like there's a decent amount of guys that would just play i think bobrovsky like 10 to 15 yeah okay so if we look at the atlanta like we'll go from division 
go to each division basically. So Boston, I think Rask is the starter. Yeah. Buffalo, I don't know what's going to happen with Buffalo's goaltending. That's kind of hard to say, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't take Buffalo's goalie. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't <laughs> take Buffalo's goalies regardless because it won't do too well. But between Carter Hutton and Olmark, I feel like either one could take the they're, start. They're, they're, like they're like a spot pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, a, okay, if they're playing the Detroit Red Wings, stream yeah. them for a game. But if they're playing <laughs> yeah. Tampa, drop their asses immediately, yes. kind of. Yes. Um, Detroit, again, you don't want a Detroit goalie, but I assume their starter is going to be Bernier, but maybe Grice. Like, that's a timeshare, it looks like. That's definitely a timeshare. Yeah. That's why they got Grice. Um, then there's Florida. Bobrovsky is obviously going to be the starter there, but do you want Bobrovsky? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't, about that one. I think you're guaranteeing yourself a lot of starts, which is interesting, and maybe Florida improves a bit, but they didn't actually improve their roster at all, really, yeah. this offseason. They lost Dadanov, lost Hoffman, and didn't replace them with much. I still think they're going to be an okay team, but I don't know if that's a team that I want like a goalie from. Yeah. And I feel so like they, they're one of the teams that lost out in the new merging of the conference the divisions. Yeah. So someone's asking about Shusterkin in the in the uh, chat right now. Um we'll get we'll get we'll get to the Metro in a bit in a second. Montreal Price is obviously the starter, so Price mm-hmm. is a goalie you're gonna want to target in fantasy mm-hmm. leagues. I feel like he's gonna be a top five goalie picked this year. I'd be, oh. I'd be taking him in the top five goalies, I think. Um, yeah. Ottawa Senders, you don't want an Ottawa goalie. <laughs> <laughs> for It doesn't even matter if it's Matt Murray or if it's whoever's behind him. Uh, Tampa, you want Vasilevsky. Toronto, you want... Yes. Um, Vasilevsky should likely be like number one goalie yeah. taken. 100%. Okay, so you, you want to do the Metro then? <clears throat> um, so Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Mrazek and Reimer still. Yep. So probably a rideshare there. Mrazek leaned on rideshare. <laughs> Timeshare. <laughs> Timeshare. <laughs> oh, Every time. Uh, Philly, Carter Hart. We already said that. Uh, Columbus, yeah. probably a timeshare. Maybe it's actually hard to tell. I think like, that's a timeshare. Merzlikens yeah. is making more money, but Corpusello had the harder, harder start. I think yeah. it's just going to come down to training camp and Could who be a performed trade. better. Maybe uh, I don't know. I feel like Columbus wants to ride out the two goalies, two goal, but they have a ton of guys in the system as well. So yeah, knows? they do, they do. Yeah. Um, New York Rangers probably Shesherkin. Yeah, um, but Georgiev was going to get some Gorgiev. starts. I Georgiev's also good. <laughs> like like he it's could hard to say in a fifty-six game season. You, I could see one goalie getting like thirty, and then the other one getting twenty-six starts. Mm-hmm. Probably. Like easily, I think easily, right? Unless like one of them runs away with it, yeah. Per se. Yeah, um, but, but again, that could you're probably yeah, that could go either way. And I think you're, you know, we are hoping for Shesterkin, but there's good odds that it gets split up. Um, the Islanders for Lomov. Who's their backup still? Halak. Is it still Halak? Wait, who? Is it Halak ever? Islanders? No, uh, Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin. Sorokin. Yeah, so that um, might be a timeshare as well, depending on how Sorokin turns out. Depending, yeah, also how Varlama starts. Yeah, he's also a little injury pl- prone. So I think I think they start with Varlamov. Yeah, for sure. I'd probably well, be they're paying him. Yeah, they're paying him five million for another like three or four years. So mm-hmm. um, 
He's probably the bet. Yeah. It's tough to say, though. Yeah. Um, something I like to do is situations like that where the backup goalie doesn't get drafted is you get them as your third goalie. Yeah. Depending uh, on I the think, team. Maybe not I, the yeah, Islanders, I don't think you'd like, want that for the Islanders or Rangers. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe the Islanders, definitely not the Rangers. You don't want the backup for the Rangers. Carolina, maybe. Could be. Maybe. Decent amount of wins. Yeah, you could get some wins. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'd be looking at that from if you're looking at like a backup goalie that can get you some wins, you're looking at Halak in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Flurry in Vegas. Uh, okay, but we'll get into all those. <laughs> oh, backup, um, uh, whoever the Tampa Bay goalie backup is and whoever the Toronto backup, oh, uh, Campbell. I think all those guys are backups you might want to stream or own depending on yeah. the type of league you're in. Uh, New Jersey. Um, Blackwood. Blackwood and, and uh, Crawford. Crawford. So that's a timeshare. Oh, that's, that's definitely a timeshare. Time I forgot Crawford went there. And either one of them could take over the starting role. So. Yes, definitely. Probably Blackwood's to start. Like I feel like they're trying to. But Blackwood, they haven't even signed yet. So. Oh, actually. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's so good. <laughs> right now it's Crawford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Um. <laughs> Was there anyone left in the Metro? I don't think so. I think that. Oh, no. Pittsburgh and Washington. Oh, yeah. True, true, um, true. Um, Jari to start in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, and Samsonov probably starts. Yeah. Uh, Lundqvist to so back probably up. starts, but if he falters, Lundqvist is going to step in there and he could end up. Be t- I think it's a timeshare. Yeah, but Jari, I think for sure has the Pittsburgh starting role for now, and then mm-hmm. if he screwed, but the thing is, he had a bad end of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, he, if he's not if good, he's bad, DeSmith can step in there, and DeSmith's been good every single time he's come to the NHL. But so, Jari's an interesting one because like he could actually just be good, really good. Yeah, there's there's, up, there's upside. I agree. Okay, um, so I'll I'll do the Central, and then you do the Pacific. Um, okay. So Chicago, you don't want to own anything Chicago. <laughs> no goaltending in Chicago. Ignore it. Whoever it is, Subban, uh, Delia, 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 whatever his name is. Uh, whoever the hell is Chicago's goalie, avoid at all costs. <laughs> um, Colorado, it's going to be Grubauer starting, but again, Grubauer has had some injuries, so watch yeah. out for that. Um, and then Francu, uh. I still think it would be like probably thirty-five to twenty something, basically, mm-hmm. for uh, mm-hmm. for Group each hour. goalie, kind of around that. If if they do it, um, then Dallas obviously Kudobin, but then when Bishop comes back, tough I to say that's tough to that say point. again because obviously every single year up until this season it's been Bishop, but Kudobin kind of almost won them a cup. So yes, there's the emotional <laughs> it's hard to give side. Up on that. Yeah, it's hard to give up on that. So they might they might alternate those guys. So, but I think I think you draft Kudobin at the beginning of the year. Just don't draft him too high because you might not be that useful at the end of the year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to look towards the playoffs, might, or you can try to sell high on him. You know, like halfway through the season, hopefully. Depending where you can get GM. Bishop, you could yeah. draft him and put him on your IR. That too, fun, yeah. Fun that, that'd thing. be a good strategy as well. Um, Minnesota. I don't know if you want to own any goalie from Minnesota. Uh, Who is the goalie right now? Talbot and Talbot. Uh, Dubnik. 
Oh no no Talib Talib Stalak Stalak. I don't I, think you want to own. I don't think you want them. <laughs> yeah, I mean Minnesota might be an okay team this year. Like they might make the playoffs, but yeah, I don't think that's goaltending you want to own. They're a very good defensive team, so I will give them that. So Cam Talbot's probably a streaming start. You don't want to own him, but you want to stream him ideally. Someone will likely own him just because. Yeah, if you have a bigger, people. if yeah, because like in our <laughs> league where we have fourteen people, I think mm-hmm. you, last year. He's going to get owned. Talbot's going to get owned. But yeah, in exactly. a 10-person league, he might not, right? Yes, very true. So, depends on the size. Yeah, it depends on the size. And how deep. Do you need one goalie, two goalies, three goalies, ETC? Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville. Nashville is also hard. I think that's a timeshare, right? Yes. Saros and Rene. I, and I don't even know who they like start out this season starting. Like, I don't know who they're leaning on, to be honest. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site in the world that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire, all caps. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now we'll get back into the show. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus, I don't have much faith in Nashville right now. Like, they didn't do much. Um, yeah, awesome I agree. They're, they don't, they have like, they're like a borderline playoff team right now. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Unless, bubble, unless Soros can be really good. Yeah, like, I I'd bet yeah, on Saros yeah. taking the starting role. I think, mm-hmm. but it's most likely a timeshare. Pecorine mm-hmm. is also going to be thirty eight. He's wow. old. He's old. So he's definitely <laughs> Pecorine definitely won't be the starter. I think. Yeah, so it's, it's also either, Saros' time. Yeah, like it's Saros' time. He's twenty five. 
He's 25 yeah, now. I exactly. think it's his time. I, I'd be drafting him, I think. Um, I, on the lower end of starting, uh, betting on him being a, on the lower end of a starting goalie. So you're not taking him above. You're not going to take him around the prices of Azalevsky's, Frederick Anderson's. You're going to take him around um, whatever the tier is below that, essentially. Or maybe Goals another tier below that. Yeah. They're scary because, they, like, especially in an R draft with 14 people. Yeah, around of goalies goes, and it's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's nobody there's like left. The top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like that a, is ah! hard. It's so hard to balance out when to draft a goalie. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of gets decided right within the draft. Yeah, like, it does. No, unless it you, doesn't matter what it what they're ranked beforehand. Unless you come to a truce, like <laughs> we'll take goalies between this round and this round. <laughs> uh, you do you do you do you. Um, it can be difficult getting the goalies you want. Yeah, Ego Beast says, or Egomo, e- I don't know, however you say this guy's name. He said they started off with Rene last year and then switched over to Soros at the end of the year. So I think they're gonna con- they'll probably continue with Soros. It'll mm-hmm. depend on training camp and everything. But I'd be betting on Soros taking the starting role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then St. Louis, obviously Bennington. I don't think there's any question there. Uh. I don't, who is their? Oh, um, I think it's the Huso, Huso guy, whoever you Bill say his Huso. name. Is. So obviously Bennington's the starter there, so that's a guaranteed starter for you guys. Mm-hmm. Very important. Um, but again, he had an awful playoffs, so uh, we'll see. But he's a guaranteed starter, I think. And then Hellybuck, obviously another guaranteed starter. Um, no timeshare special there. At top all. three goalie. Yeah, I think like so. If we're gonna talk, uh, we'll do the last division first, and then we'll talk top five. But he'd be in the top five for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you want to do Pacific? Sure. Um, you got LA. I don't yeah. think you really want an LA goalie. No. <laughs> um, you got Vancouver with Holpe and Demko, so that's interesting. That's a timeshare. It should be a timeshare. Probably Holpe. Like the starter to start, yeah. So, I'd I'd probably bet on that too. I put Holpe, but like I don't know how much faith I have in Holpe. Also, Vancouver might be poised Not for a so little good. bit of a regression. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know if I I'm not looking to own a Vancouver goalie, but mm-hmm. I'm fine taking them later later in the drafts if they're still there as a timeshare. But mm-hmm. I I'd probably take Demko, who has the upside. I'm not so sure on Holby, I think. Yeah. Um, Calgary, you got Markstrom, who should be the starter by himself. Yeah. Um, I've always liked Reddish taking Markstrom. He's a yeah, safe Markstrom's option. Yeah, Markstrom's a good bet. Yeah. But he might go a little high this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Especially after last year. I don't have year. that much faith in Calgary. But Markstrom's good by I himself. Think, I think Calgary's a bubble team, or at least a little bit better than a bubble team. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's a safe starter to own in the sense mm-hmm. that like he's going to be better than he's going to be better than most starters in the league. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's a he's good. He's had very consistent take. numbers. Like, yeah, very yeah, consistent. Very consistent. Um, I, but the problem is he's on a new team now, and we see how some goalies do when they go to new teams. Yeah, right. It's potential um, to. For disaster, yeah, but I'd be taking him in the second tier of goalies behind the clear number one elite guys on really good teams. Mm-hmm. I think Mark sure right there in are that. many 
Yeah. Like the clear number ones. Um, then you got Edmonton. Is it still Mike Smith and Koskinen? Um, yeah. <laughs> they decided yeah. to go back with that duo. Um, <laughs> Koskinen's a starter, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think Koskinen's a starter at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think he has to be. Mike Smith must be old. Like he must be thirty eight. He's thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, um, he's old. <laughs> um, so, Koskinen, so he might not even get the. He might get even less starts because of that. Maybe. Yeah, Koskinen could be like a safe ish, depending on how much faith you have in Edmonton. They could be. He's could be I'm, a safe option. I think he's a safe option as the starter. I'm questionable uh, if he's a safe option with the defensive side of Edmonton's game that they've kind of shown. Yeah. Because, like, they got worse defensively this year. Clef Bomb's out all year or something, right? Yeah, he's out for a significant amount of time, and they replaced him with Tyson Berry, who, well, will help score goals, will not help prevent goals. No. So, yeah, it's not looking very good. But then Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones' improvement could help. Um, yeah. Maybe Drysaddle improves his defensive game. Maybe McDavid does. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I I th- I'd say he's behind. He'll get you some wins. Yeah, he'll get you some wins. But I think Probably. he's behind Markstrom. I think he's he's another tier like, below yeah. Markstrom. He's like the low yeah. end starters that you want, kind of. Yeah. Markstrom's kind of mid tier. He'll get taken, then... likely. Maybe. Oh, he'll definitely get taken. Yeah, in most uh-huh. leagues, he'll get taken. Yes. But I think he's on the lower end of starters this year. Um. On the Anaheim, you got Gibson, who's the clear starter. But unfortunately, Anaheim kind of sucks. Not a good team. <laughs> yeah. Who's their Gibson's backup? Sick. Even? I don't even know. I don't, I don't think, think they have a backup right now. Not that it matters because you wouldn't want to. <laughs> oh, Anthony Stollers is a, is the backup. Has he okay. even played an NHL game recently? <laughs> I don't think it matters too much, man. Yeah, you don't you don't own him regardless. Yeah, Gibson, like... Played one NHL game last year. Good good job, Anaheim. Obviously, Gibson's one of the best goalies, or has been, in the past. Yeah. But Anaheim sucks, so it makes it hard to take him. Yeah, I think I'd have him similar to Koskinen. He's on a worse team, but he's a better goalie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then San Jose, I wouldn't take their goalies. No. But... Dubnik and Jones uh, and Dubnik. Yeah. Just a bad situation. Yeah, just <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't, don't even know who's starter goals. anymore. So that's just Yeah, not good. I think that's I think that's a timeshare. <laughs> They'll see whoever performs best kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Um and neither will perform well, so they'll have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Deciding. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not good. Is there one more team? Um, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas, Leonard. Wow. Oh, and then Arizona, obviously. Quemper. Good Atlanta. option. Good issues. Yeah, Arizona's good-ish. got a good issue to have, but not great for fantasy owners who want to pick the yeah the horse. And um, does Arizona do? Like, I don't see them doing better than last year. No, they'll do worse. There's no yeah, way they so. did better than last year. That was a. That was their so chance last year, and they screwed up. Even though Quemper might be like really good again, yeah, he'll, he'll be really good. good. I think he'll help. be good again. It's just I don't. I think he's. I think he's probably in the same range as Koskinen. 
those yeah. guys. He's not like there's a lot. Not, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of so so. There's the top. There's the top elite guys: Rask, um, Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson. Let's just do Carey our top Price. five. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Top five. I don't know what order, but Vasilevsky first, and then after that, it's probably um, Frederick Anderson, Carey Price, Carter Hart, and Connor Hellybuck. That's probably yeah. my top five ish. Yeah, yeah. But it, Those guys um, all seem like they'll get the most starts, most wins, best yeah. save percentages, on the best teams, kind of deal. And then Markstrom, Rask, um... Tristan Jari, maybe Carter. Tristan Jari, uh, um, maybe Carter Hart or. Uh, you already uh, said Hart. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bennington. Bennington. Yeah. Uh, Grubauer. It's kind of that next tier, yeah. Yeah. And then the bottom tier is all those guys we mentioned. Uh, Koskinen <laughs> and uh, whoever the hell else es- is Essentially, you want, for fantasy, you want one of the guys in the top two Ten. brackets. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want at least one of them. Um, yes, you want one goalie so that's on a top 10 team, ideally. When you feel the need to pull the trigger and it hits your pick and you're not picking for a while, if it's like second, third, and you've noticed goalies, like it definitely depends where you're drafting to. Yeah. Um, Let's say I like the last pick because you get the first pick in the next one. Yeah. But it's kind of <laughs> scary. Yeah, um, but then you don't draft for forever. Yeah. <laughs> so if you noticed, like Vasilevsky will foreseeably go in the first round. First or second, yeah, depending on the uh, size, yeah. If he hasn't gone and you're the last pick, depending on like a 14-person league, I would take him with one of those two because you're not going to get a good goalie. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get like the- – Unless your league somehow just lets nine. goalie slide somehow. Yes. But sometimes so. there's almost, but you have to like also look out for, there's always one starter that slips through the cracks. Every year, there's always like one guy that I don't, for, for whatever reason, nobody notices is slipping and he's a starting goalie that'll always have a good record. Like every year, you can get like Rask going low or Hellyabuck going low or like one, just yeah. one potentially elite guy. Carter Hart sometimes go will probably might go a little bit lower. Like there's always going to be one guy, so you have you either have to pray that you can get him, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really stressful during the draft because you're sitting there like holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, <laughs> or you just get the stress out of the way really early and grab Vasilevsky or Carey Price or whatever in the first two rounds. That's what I so do. That's the, that's that's normally my second pick. To, yeah, I it's usually pick five. a goalie by my third pick. By my third pick, I need my starter. Because I don't want the I like stress. to not have to worry about so much about the second one, the second goalie, because yeah. I like the goalie hack. Because yeah. in comparison to some people, I pay attention more. Yeah. I drop exactly. goalies, bring goalies in. So it's constantly a flex. But if you have that one constant guy that can do well, that really helps that you can do switches. Yeah. I think me and you, uh, 
draft and kind of use goalies very similar in fantasy. Like we have our one starter, maybe two starters, and then we stream a third option like throughout the entire season. So if you're in a fantasy league, like that's typically the People best. People underestimate how important goalies are. Like you can win without goalies every yeah. week. It would get very difficult. Yeah, because in it's our very, league specifically, it's five categories yeah. out of four. Four wins, of, shutouts, goals against average, and save percentage. Yeah, four. So four categories each week that you could be theoretically just giving up. Like that's mm-hmm. it's a some lot, people choose to give them up too. So yeah, I've never I've never done that. I've accidentally given them up by drafting mm-hmm. bad goalies. <laughs> but I've never purposely given up on the goal categories because it's yeah it's very risky and especially if you come up against a hot team like you're mm-hmm. you're gonna get utterly destroyed if you don't have mm-hmm. it but again you can stream options and usually do decently well and pick up a couple wins that way mm-hmm. pick up like two or three pick up a goalie two or three times a week and you can gary and if you pick the right games that have the best odds you can guarantee yourself at least two wins usually yeah so that that's typically the strategy um mm-hmm. Okay, so then moving on from goalies, since we spent like 25 minutes talking about them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so people wanted to talk about um, one-dimensional players versus balanced players. So I think me and you approach it kind of similarly as well. So think about it, for anyone anyone listening, think about a one-dimensional player like Backstrom, as in he only gets you points, versus a more balanced player like um i don't know give me a fucking example like dustin bufflin i guess i don't know i I guess he's if you go if you go old examples like the the most classic was always ov was like yeah or ov yeah ov was always is always like the multi-cat god because he shoots a lot and he hits a lot and he racks up goals and assists and he he covers everything except blocks basically, mm-hmm. so he's like a blessing. So when so I know how you approach it, but explain to people how you approach the one dimensional versus balanced players kind of thing. I don't like very many one dimensional guys. Yeah. Um. Like obviously, with your top pick, like you're taking pretty much the best available. Mm-hmm. So it's normally more likely to be one-dimensional because, like, points are very important. They're four categories-ish. Yeah, goals, Um, assists, points, and power play points, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's obviously a very important category. And normally, if they're, like, a goal scorer, they've shot a lot too. So they've gotten that fifth category in there. And you can kind of, like, resolve... um, deficits in certain areas by picking up those specific guys yeah like but it's, it's easy to, to pick up multi-cat guys but like they it's don't easy go to high. pick up blocks and hits and stuff right mm-hmm. or pins like you can draft the grinders and grab those but it's harder to pick up points i mm-hmm. guess you could say but you so still you need guys the... yeah guys you still need guys that are going to do first, some yeah. other like the i've never drafted backstrom in fantasy hockey like I, I, I think in however I think we've been playing for six years now, mm-hmm. me and you, and I don't think I've ever drafted Backstrom. I don't think I've ever draft. I don't think I've ever drafted a guy that's just solely like points. 
I always, even if the guy doesn't hit or block, I need a guy that at least shoots a lot. Like, my strategy for fantasy hockey revolves around shots a lot. Like, I'm always, like, every single year, I'm, like, first or second in the league when it comes to shots and first or second in the league when it comes to points because those two things typically overlap a fair bit. Like, if you get a guy, if you get guys that shoot a lot, you're going to get guys that get a lot of goals, typically speaking. Hopefully. Right? Yeah, hopefully there's always like you draft you draft Sagan and he shoots a ton, but then he hits the post like thirteen times or something ridiculous. Yeah. But um typically that's my strategy. So I go for guys, especially in the first like three or four rounds, I don't look for balance other than points and shots. Mm-hmm. There's cause there's a lot of players that'll get you a bunch of points. You can look at like Ryan Johansson will get you like fifty to sixty, Backstrom that'll get you seventy, uh Kuznetsov that'll get you like seventy, um, seventy to eighty. All those guys, but they won't put up any shots. They won't put hits, blocks, etc. So those guys, I, ne- I never touch. And Kuznetsov always goes early in our drafts, I feel, compared to where he should go, simply because he gets points, but he doesn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, It's hard to think of just like specific examples, but like before this year, like Phil Kessel would be a good example as a guy that gets a lot of points, but then also would shoot a lot, mm-hmm. too. Um, like Stamkos shoots a yeah. lot. Yeah, um, or like Hoff, Hoffman, for example, Hoffman too, right? Like if you're talking about mid, middle round players, guys that'll go outside the top fifty. Oh, those guys shoot. There's yeah, a bunch like, of guys like that, like Arvidsson. Arvidsson, um, Craig Smith shoots a lot. Yeah. Um, like two hundred plus shots is a decent amount of shot. Like, yeah, yeah. You typically look for guys that'll put up like two hundred. I, I, I almost, I rarely draft guys that aren't going to put up at least two hundred shots because mm-hmm. shots are also consistent too. Like if you're looking over, if you're looking at game to game consistently, consistency or week to week, shots for players don't change that drastically compared to points and hits. I feel mm-hmm. like some guys will have like yeah. four hits well, in a game. Go through droughts. Have, yeah, but shot and points you'll go through droughts, but hit but shots pe- players will continually shoot. Right, shots so are that, very important, yeah. like hinging point. Yeah, because it also shows. They're in the defensive, uh, the offensive zone. A yeah. decent amount if they're shooting that much. <laughs> like, exactly. So at least they're doing. It's like they're bringing some value to you, and they're trying at least. Mm-hmm. Whereas hits, like if my guy's continually hitting, like I, I don't know if he's gonna keep putting up points because of that. Like there's no mm-hmm. correlation between the two. Like even Gagne talked about. He's like, if I'm hitting a lot, I know that when he was on their podcast, right? He said, if mm-hmm. I'm hitting a lot and I see my stat sheet, I know that I don't have the puck enough. For example. Mm-hmm. Right. So he talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think we both approach it the same way, like avoid one dimensional players. But obviously, if they fall low, then you should grab them yeah. because their value is going to, like, you, you can't let Backstrom it's slide value. to 150. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's value for the pick. Yeah. Like, it's if, value for if the you, pick. Like, the year I won, I got like Kopitar and stuff yeah, really he, late. Exactly, and Kopitar is very one-dimensional. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about pick eighty, low. yeah, if you're talking about, I think where did you get him? Like seventy or eighty or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you and got that's him way the year too. You got a hundred points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got him ridiculously low. And even if he did have, even if he didn't have a career season, if he had like seventy-five or eighty, he'd still yeah. provide value at that slot, right? But if you drafted mm-hmm. him top forty, and he's still in the, and he had his regular season, you wouldn't have gotten any value from that. No. So that that's how you approach it. Um, even but guys like that, like what we're talking about currently, are kind of falling off. Like they're the 
stole their their old guard guard kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also true. There aren't that many. Yeah, age is going to be a big factor in this upcoming season because guys that haven't played for a while or guys that are going to be like more than a year older from when they were last playing, <laughs> like it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, okay, so now, okay, so now we're going to talk about bounce back players. Okay, so I know you didn't prepare your list. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're just looking at teams, I'm sure you can pick a few guys. So if we're talking bounce back players, right? I think we can start at the Atlantic and we can pick a couple players from each division to help people out. Okay. Um, starting with like Buffalo, Jeff Skinner. Easy, right? Easy pick, I think. He should um, bounce back. There's n- yeah. 25 okay. plus goals. Yeah, like I, I um, believe he should put up 30 goals next season. Yeah. So, okay, He'd also so be just a good for- shooter. Like he shoots a lot. Yeah, and he shoots a ton. He oh, he's one of the most. He's a high volume shooter. So like over the last, so from twenty sixteen to this past season, he scored thirty seven goals, twenty four goals, forty goals, and fourteen goals. So he goes back and forth a fair bit too. <laughs> yes. Right. And exactly. so you might be we. You, I feel like you can bet with Jeff Skinner that he can go back up to thirty goals. He'll also have. He wasn't playing with Jack Eichel last season, but at least this year he'll have he'll have Eric Stahl, mm-hmm. so he'll have a center Which to play with at least for sure. Yeah, help a lot, and then maybe Reinhardt on his line as well, or maybe Reinhardt did they share time. With... Did Skinner and Stahl ever overlap in Carolina? Mm, yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Car- uh, Jeff Skinner was there for a couple of years with Stahl before Stahl left in like 2015 or something like that to the Rangers. Mm-hmm. In that headline trade, yeah, yeah, true, true, um, true. So they have yeah, some so chemistry too. Yeah, for sure. Good. Um, and then with there, oh, Toronto, I guess Morgan Riley's an easy one, right? He had a forty-point season this year, a forty-point pace season this year. Um, last should, year he, he was on pace for 70, 72 or something like that. I want to say so he's an easy bounce. He's also back the offensive there. defenseman now again. In their system. Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy again. Yeah. Yeah. He'll Which get the good. top power play time and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um I think for regression potentially, Connor Brown. Do you think? I mean was he even that good? He, I mean he had a fairly good season. He had forty three points in seventy one games. I feel like with the Ottawa Senders losing all the talent that they did. I don't I mean, know. They gained more talent than they did than they lost this this offseason. Did they? Did they? Like Dadnoff. Dadnoff obviously. But that's it. Better than anything they had last year. That but and that's it. The truck right? goes up and Shabbat should go up. Shabbat's Is... central uh Sh- oh Shabbat yeah Shabbat's a bounce back player for sure. Yes. Yeah, so because like, he foreseeably they did get better uh, talent wise, so I think. Yeah. Uh, Brown could have like a similar season. Like I don't think he does better. Look, I think the question is: Is Chabot really that sixty point player he was in Ottawa in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen? Next season, no, I think he's like a fifty point guy, fifty fifty five point. Yeah, because if you look at that twenty eighteen twenty nineteen season. 
there's a clear split between pre-Mark Stone or Mark Stone and after Mark Stone <laughs> in his point totals. Because Chabot was like point per game with with Mark Sp- with Mark Stone, and then Mark Stone leaves and it's just dead, dead, Gone. like no mm-hmm. points. And then we saw this season, thirty nine points in seventy one games, six goals. Um, so basically, o- over half or less than half of the amount he scored the year before, um, and then like 10 less assists as well mm-hmm. um, in the same amount of games. So, and I don't know if Dadnov, the Dadnov acquisition is enough to bring that do up like what a Stone lot did. higher. Um, it should do something. They don't have a center per se, which not helping. Yeah. But yeah, like Norris coming in is a center. I want to say, yeah, uh, but so that's rook- interesting. He he was point per, he was over point per game in the A, I guess. As a rookie, but as a rookie, but as a twenty-one-year-old rookie, yeah, too, yeah. right? True, true, true. So he it, that's an older rookie typically for the A, which is which could be good coming into your NHL first season at twenty-two. That's true, but he's also probably going to be third line center now. Yeah. So the way I see well, it is start, Colin White, Chris Tierney, and then Josh Norris. He'll probably start there. Yeah, he could move so. like he could move himself. And and if Connor Brown ends up on the second line, I feel like that's a reduction. Colin White could be a bounce back, but yeah, but not to bounce like back to what relevant. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's um, very fantasy relevant. No. Um. Okay. So on Ottawa, think... like it's pretty pretty much just like Danoff, Chabot, to Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically who you want to own. Yeah, that's you're not wrong there. We didn't talk about their goalies either. Yeah, because we're not going Possibly to. Possibly <laughs> Murray. Like, could no. have a... I think I think Colin White, if he gets top power play time, even though that top power play isn't going to be good, mm-hmm. I think if he does, I think 50-ish points is possible, and that might be fantasy relevant depending on the league. Mm-hmm. But nobody's putting up 60 other than Dadnod. He's very one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, he is. You don't want guys um, like that. That's the type of one-dimensional guy you do not want. Yeah, that's like actually the low okay. fifty-point that, guy. That's a good. That's a good point you just made because okay, would you rather have a fifty-point guy that doesn't shoot or hit or block or anything, or would you rather have a forty-point guy that shoots and hits and everything and gets some pims? Right, you'd obviously yeah. rather have that guy. And people mm-hmm. don't. And that you constantly see it in our drafts too. There's so many guys that slip through because people mm-hmm. are going for point totals and they're like, oh, he might get like five or 10 more points. Five mm-hmm. or 10 more points over the course of an entire season compared to 60 more shots or 70 more shots or 80 more shots and 50 or 60 more hits or mm-hmm. whatever, or PIMS. It's a like, negative. Yeah, it's a negative. So like, you guys need, need to watch out for that because mm-hmm. you ne- it's way more valuable to have a 40-point guy you- that'll shoot and hit. It's like Blake Coleman you, versus Colin White. Blake Coleman. That's why you don't go out of your points. way in like the first four, like in the first, top hundred. You want to take like the seventy point guys always. Yeah. I always take like the, the seventy point guys that seventy will point shoot guy a lot, or like your 100%. breakout seventy point guy. You take them top four yeah. round, top top four or five. Yeah, but then I agree. You get later. And there's one-dimensional guys in there at like 60 points, like Josh Bailey, like 
just useless people. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, like, there's only one season I've ever owned Josh Bailey, and that was the season he went off and had, like, was almost point per game, like 70 points. But really, I, and I'm looking back at this now, I wish I dropped him because I, because he had an insanely hot start for the first 40, 50 or trade games. It. Trades yeah, are hard to well, orchestrate. Trades are hard. Yeah. Trade, I um, tried trading but, him, but yeah. I couldn't find anyone that was interested because I think everyone knew he was going to slow down. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't drop him, and I should have dropped him because I knew once he went back to the 50-ish point player that he was, he wouldn't provide any value. But I kept believing. I was like, no, he might he might go back to the end. <laughs> Big, huge mistake that year because he was absolutely useless in the playoffs because he didn't shoot, he didn't hit. So if he didn't put up a single point, he literally had n- no, no impact. impact. There was literally so many times where like, it was his stat line was like zero 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 one shot zero 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 like literally just useless. So you don't want those guys on your team. Awful. Um, Awful. To the Metro, I don't think I don't see many like bounce back candidates in the Metro. Like, do you, can you think of any? Because like I'm looking, Carolina doesn't have anyone that underperformed. Columbus. Uh, Columbus, maybe like Max Domi. Maybe. I think Max Domi is probably an option. But again, Columbus isn't a high scoring team. Potentially. And Oh, uh, Cam Agnison, actually. Was he low last year? Yeah, he had a re- he had an injury riddled year. And then here, let me, I'll just read out his stat line, but it wasn't good. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> oh, it was 26 points in 44 games. Uh, and a, that was after a 40 goal, 69 point season. Yeah, that's not good. He didn't have Panarin, obviously, so that impacted it, but he's easily a 60 point player, I think. If you put him on a line with Dubois and uh, Jorkstrand, maybe, or something like that, mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he's a bounce back candidate. And then Max Domi had a rough year, obviously, um, in Montreal. But they just signed him to five point three million dollars, so he's their second line center. He'll get power play. He'll get top power play time there. I think sixty points is realistic for him. Sixty point pace, which is like forty ish, forty something points in uh, fifty six games, 56. whatever it is. So th- those are the two bounce backs potentially. Um, but other than that, I think a lot of players on New Jersey might have better seasons. But potentially. Yeah. Definitely. But, like, there isn't much fantasy value in New Jersey, no. right? Like, you're not... No. <laughs> there's, there's like, Kyle Palmieri will be no. fantasy relevant for sure. Because um, he's always good for a lot of shots. He's good for hits. He's a multi, he's a multi-cat player that I try to draft. All, I think I owned him last year, now that I think about it. Um, and he had 45 Probably. points in 65 games, shot a lot, 40 pims, hits, blocks. Like, he does everything. So he's really he's a top hundred player you want to own in fantasy, I think. Uh, just because he does everything, and then if New Jersey improves, he has um, Andreas Janssen, he has um, Nikita Gusev, who will have a full season of being ready for the NHL under his belt. Nico Hischier and Jack Hughes, hopefully getting better, both of them. Uh, I think improvements there, and then on the defense, Will Butcher maybe. But uh, he's not very fantasy relevant. He, they, he that's might get the issue, points. Right? He might get points, but, but like, he doesn't get anything with else. With defense, you don't want a 40 point guy that doesn't do anything else. Like, defense yeah. is really 
like you hammer in multi-cat guys. Yes. Yes, like, that's correct. Defenseman. It's why it's why Jake Gardner's never been fantasy relevant. He yes. could put up almost a forty point pace, but he doesn't Which shoot, hit, or block. Relevant. Yeah, I agree. You need you need ace bl- blocks are so important from your defenseman. If you have blocks in your league, if you have blocks, yeah, mm-hmm. but blocks are super important for your defenseman. Like you need every single one of your defensemen almost to block. All right, mm-hmm. Ex- except maybe like your best offensive guy or something like that. Like if you're gonna draft a. Even Roman Yosi blocks a fair bit. Um, maybe like John Carlson. John Carlson doesn't block that much, I think. Um, like if you're gonna grab him, I don't, I don't draft. I wouldn't draft John Carlson to be to be honest. This year, uh, he'll like go too high. Year. Like it, if if you had known he would have gone the points he did last year, like sure. But like that's if you have a crystal ball and can see the future. I wouldn't have taken him over because he'll go. As one of the top five defensemen, and yeah, well, there was a couple of years where I I owned I owned John Carlson for two year two or three years in a row. He'll in shoot fantasy. a lot, yeah, because he shoots a lot, and I like mm-hmm. my defensemen again. Like I like my forwards. I like defensemen that shoot a lot. Um, but I've owned him a couple years, but now the thing is, the last couple years before this year, he was at least, he'd go behind a lot of guys that he shouldn't have. Like, I got him, I got John Carlson, I remember, like, a couple times behind, like, Seth Jones, or, like, P.K. Subban and shit. Like, because people were still believing in those guys. Yeah. So, he, he used to be a really good get behind some of the better guys and some of the worst guys that some people would somehow draft ahead of him, but now, like, he's gonna he's gonna be the first defenseman or second defenseman off the board, probably. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he won't be worth drafting, I think. This year, with all the the movement in the top defensemen, because like last year's the year Carlson fell off, so he was still drafted high. Yeah. Um, Brent Burns, who knows what you can expect out of him? So there's like two of the top two defensemen drafted. Hedman's obviously stuck up there and yeah. should probably be like first defenseman. Second uh, I, this Hedman's weird because you. I like Hedman. I like Hedman too, but I don't know about because he doesn't have huge peripheral numbers. That's fair. And if you just want to go off of points, like fifty-five points in sixty-six games last year, but the year before that, fifty-four and seventy, sixty, like that's valuable. But that isn't first. I'm not sure if that's first defenseman off the board valuable. Doesn't he shoot a decent amount? He sh- he shoots. I think, but he doesn't shoot like he isn't Roman Yosey or Eric Carlson or Brent Burns in the old days. You know what I mean? Sure, the sure. thing is, I think, okay, so I think we were blessed for a couple years where everyone knew Brent Burns and Eric Carlson were going to be the best offensive defensemen in fantasy hockey and almost point per game, shit ton of shots. Carlson used to block a ton. Um, you knew what you were getting. Brent Burns might score like thirty goals almost from the defensive mm-hmm. event on the de- on the defensive side. So, but now there's kind of been an opening. John Carlson might be might have been like the most valuable defenseman last year, but he but I can, can see repeat? some regression. Yeah, I don't think he I don't think he repeats that year. Mm-hmm. And him, Roman Yosi, Victor Hedman, those guys are all at the top, but but they're not nearly as valuable as Carlson and Brent Burns were at their peaks. Yes. So there's kind of a girth where I don't think any defenseman should be going in the first round anymore. Maybe no, not even not in the year. maybe not even in the second round. 
No, I don't. Think unless so. it's a unless it's a fourteen to sixteen person league, then and defense is more valuable than maybe. But if it if the defenseman is worth just as much as a forward, I don't think you can touch a defenseman in the first two rounds. No, because it, so. it it's too risky, and and you can't rely on Burns and Carlson to do what they did anymore. So it's which mean which which would mean that you're getting very good value for your pick. Depending on if they actually fall, yeah. Like if everyone drafted like we we did, <laughs> yeah, but nobody will. That's the thing. Like, you, you, <laughs> how many of our league mates listen to this? Probably nobody. So, <laughs> no. yeah. so, the, and it's interesting because I think you have to balance it with who, what you think you can grab later. Like, do you think you can grab elite? You can get some sick defensemen. Like, you can get steals. You can, for late. sure. Because defensemen, hard to predict, but people don't like drafting them. Because they're hard uh, to predict, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I got Giordano last year, mm-hmm. like, so low, outside of the hum- top 120, and then he had, like, a point-per-game season. Mm-hmm. And then this season, obviously, he slowed down, but you can get guys fairly low offense. Like, you're not going to get Kale McCarlo, Quinn Hughes low, um, Victor Hedman, all those top guys, but you could get Latang fairly low maybe this year. You could get. Um, I don't think I want Latang. Yeah, he's an injury risk for sure. But if you can get him low enough, maybe he might be worth it. Um, you can get Keith Yandel pretty low. He's pure points and shots, so that's a good. That's a typically a good fantasy guy to have, and he's basically guaranteed the top power play in uh, Florida. Um. Here's an interesting one, and I hate giving this away, but Neil Pionk, next season. <laughs> I had him last year. Yeah, he's he's a guy that you can almost bet. I'd bet he hits 50 points next year because I think he's guaranteed that top power play, and that top power play is sick, which means 20 power play points, 25 power play points, and then just 20 to 25 power play points at even strength, and Pionk does everything. He hits, What he did he blocks. get last year? 40 points, 45 um, good question. Oh, I'm that high? not sure. Uh, look right here. He got he got forty five and seventy one. So he was already on fifty point pace mm-hmm. last. So he could I could see even more than that going into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still relatively young. He's twenty four or twenty five. Um, right. so there's still improvement there to come from him. And used to win, and he had a slow start last year too, right? Like the first fifteen twenty games weren't anything for him. So fifty. 55 60 points me even 60 points is in the route if he has a hot year like i don't think he'll repeat 60 points but he could like that upside he also did a lot he was a very multi-cat guy yeah like how many hits and blocks and stuff did he have i don't know i, uh, I, I you have don't no have way of looking okay i thought i thought you had <laughs> um, i just yeah, have him on my team and i knew him yeah like it was um, good I think Tory Krug usually goes pretty low. Tory Krug's very one-dimensional in the sense that he's just points and shots. But again, mm-hmm. if you can get your hits and blocks elsewhere, he's a guy that'll go lower. Um, Matthias Ekholm in Nashville, kind of an underrated kind of get that you can stream. You can stream pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how, but he had a good year last year. Like I'm gonna read out his. Thing. Stream um, pickups are yeah, fun. Yeah, 33 points in 68 games. And the year before that, 44 and 80. So you can stream him. He doesn't get a lot of peripherals, 
but he can he'll put a, he can put up like a forty point pace give or take. And that's another mm-hmm. guy you can get like you can probably pick him up from the waiver wire in most leagues. Likely, yeah, likely. Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of those guys that'll fall way too low. Even I don't know if there's a fantasy relevant defenseman in New Jersey. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't think so. Like, honestly. It depends who's on the top power play unit, I think. But, yeah, even in New Jersey, there could be someone that – and, again, like one of the questions for that someone had for us is what to look out for early in the season. The first thing to look for is who is on the top power play unit for every single team. That's what that's literally what I do at the beginning of each year. The first like two or three games, just see who coaches are putting out there on that top power play unit, either for defensemen or forwards. And you go and look at all those guys individually, and those are the guys you want to look at picking up. Like you just literally right from there, you just make a list of who's on it. And then those are the types of guys that you want to look at picking up. Because if you're on the top power play unit, you're guaranteed to improve your point totals by ten to fifteen points, probably, depending on the season and the team. Mm-hmm. So that's why. So that's what I look for early season, and then who they're playing with. Obviously, like are they in the top two lines? Like who's going to be playing with Giroux and Katuria next year? Right, that's mm-hmm. a guy you want to pick up. Who's going to play with Gensel and Crosby, or who's going to play with Crosby? Who's going to play with McDavid? Who's going to play with um, Barkov? Who's going to play on the top line in Florida with Barkov and Huberto? Now that Dadnov and Hoffman are gone, that guy, whoever's playing with those two, been, is a guy I want to pick up. Yeah. Very Florida Florida is a lot of moving parts because they lost two players that are on their top power play unit. So that's two guys that can be replaced internally. And from f- looking at that roster, Vetrano is an interesting one to me. Hornquist is an interesting one to me. Um, Carter Verhage is an interesting one to me. All those three guys are my bets for who's going to take up those two spots. I like going in Hornquist. Yeah, I think I think Hornquist is a really good bet, especially because in multi-cat leagues... He's useful every single night, no matter what. He shoots, and he, if he's not getting points, he's shooting or he's hitting. And he's, he's a little injury prone, though. Pimps. Yeah. But again, he's a guy that you can grab at like 180 or something like that, or 150 mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can, yeah. So that I think Florida is an interesting one. Um, looking out early season as well. Um, yeah, that's typically all I look out for. Who's playing with who, and then who's on the top power play units. I think that's... Maybe who's on a hot Obviously, streak. who's getting points? Like, yeah. Like if, if even if they're points, a even if they're a bottom them. six player, yeah, yeah. There's always a couple guys at the beginning of the season that go off and are like point yeah. per game. Everyone gets excited for the first ten games, and then like they Max do nothing the rest of the year. Who? Uh, Max LaJoy a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Sammy Blaze from uh, St. Louis last season or the year before, and he was just on fire, like almost point per game, and then hits shots just doing everything and then literally i think walker had him and then he had to drop him after like another like eight games of him doing nothing and then he was useless the rest of the well, year didn't he get hurt i thought he got hurt maybe maybe someone uh, else maybe st louis is also interesting if Ter- tarasenko's back finally there's gonna be some I like tarasenko he's a good he's a good multi-cat guy tarasenko could go last year tarasenko could go very low yeah because everyone forgot about him, didn't participate any this that past year. People are going to be worried about his injuries. I think yeah. Tarasenko is an interesting guy that could put up, you know, 35, 35 kind of numbers, whatever that equates to in a 56-game season. And he shoots 
a lot. And he shoots and he hits and he's a big boy, mm-hmm. but he gets injured a lot. So mm-hmm. um, that's it's a bit it's a it's a risk. Yeah, it's kind of like drafting Melkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many. Yeah, so again, for people listening, look out for the injury prone guys, the Latangs, the Malkins, the even Crosby. Kind of, he's kind of a band aid boy recently. Sam Coase. Uh, Stamkos. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else are the Band Aid boys? Oh, Austin Matthews was heading that ter- territory, but then he kind of didn't this year, so he's okay. Um. Yeah, I, I can't think of any more. Yeah, I can't right think of any more right head. now. Um, Jeff Carter, <laughs> although he's kind of dead in fantasy too now. He's dead. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think Philly is also an interesting one because who's going to have that top power play in Philly, right? Like, I don't think you can, I don't think that's like an easy thing to predict. No. Right? Because if Sanheim takes that top, okay, so if Provorov gets it, he's he'll be one of the best defensemen to own fantasy next season. Mm-hmm. Because he does everything already and puts up a fair bit of uh, points at even strength. So he's a mm-hmm. 50-something point guy if he, he gets plays, that power he play He plays unit, the right? most on that team. So yeah. And I, so I assume that power play unit's probably like JVR, Giroux, Voracek, um, Couturier, and then Provorov. But I don't know if like Konechny subs in there for JVR, maybe, potentially. Hopefully which, for Konechny. Hopefully for Konechny owners because that's huge. Yeah. Because Konechny's and again, this is something you want to look for early season, right? Because Konechny's value declines majorly if he's not on the top power play unit. Because even if he does play a lot of minutes and he is really good, and he plays a lot of minutes with Couturier Giroux, if he isn't on the top power play, you can reduce his point totals by 15. Mm-hmm. Right? Basically. For sure. Okay. Um, Which I think moving on from that, I think he should be top power play. Like I, I don't even think there should be debate. I th- but like, who do you take off that top unit? I wouldn't. I don't think I'd take off JVR. JVR is like one of the best net front. JVR basically replaced Simmons at the net front for them, right? Hmm. But like, so Konechny's an offensive force. Like, maybe instead of Vorchuk at this point, but Vorchuk's a sick passer, so even that's kind of hard. Um, okay, so Luke's telling me to give him a five-minute warning. We're already at an hour, so I feel like we it was a good idea to break this up into two. <laughs> two separate okay. ones. Uh, should we do anything else, or should we keep... What do you think? Um, okay, wait, let's talk about this, and then, and then we'll finish. Okay, so uh, sophomore slumps. Do you believe in them? Uh, I think there's been a decent amount of them. I can't think but of any off do you, the top of my head. Do you head draft off based off of them, though? Because I don't. Like, like they had a sick rookie year. Yeah. And then, and then like, think about, like, Clayton. Year, I, don't, they, I don't worry about it. Usually, like, think about, like, Clayton Keller or something like that. Like, first year in the league, sick. Um, or Duclair, or you know, all like those types of guys. To go with more established players, 
Yes. Yeah. I I almost never draft rookies. Mm-hmm. So so my whole thing is I never touch rookies because you never know where they're gonna go. Mm-hmm. Like you, like there's a couple Unless guys I'm, that are like, guarantees, but super late. Like yeah, guys, super like super that late. Because there's so much yeah. hype. Yeah, exactly. Them. Like Lafreniere is gonna get a ton of hype. Kaprizov's gonna get a ton of hype. Um, whoever, whatever the other top rookies are coming into the year, they're all gonna get like hype. Like a whole bunch of people. Regret it drafting Capital or Cap- Jack Hughes last Jack Hughes last year. Like I think I think went decently high. I think Hughes went top. I think they both went top one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And I think Kako mm-hmm. even went top hundred. I want to say. I don't know. So and that's just a complete waste of an investment. Like you, you want guarantees in your top hundred or at least 100%. top one hundred and fifty. You want guarantees. Once you're outside the top one hundred and fifty. Then you could take a flyer on a guy and be like, okay, maybe he has huge upside. But like, you want to measure that huge upside. Like, what if you draft Kako? Okay, so let's say you draft uh, Lafreniere next year. Let's let's use Lafreniere as an example, and you draft him at let's say eighty to a hundred, because that's probably that's probably you know I think a hundred to like sixty is probably the range he'll be taken in. What's the upside for Lafreniere next season? What's the best case scenario and what's the worst case scenario? Best case scenario, he probably gets a point per game. No, I don't. I don't. I think best case scenario is like sixty points, maybe. I think in New York, and he plays really? the same position as Panarin, so he's not on the same line. I think best, I think case, best case could be. I think okay. Think think about game. Matthews. What did Matthews do in his rookie season? Forty goals and twenty something assists. Right, so sixty. Uh, he was injured a bit, but. And I don't think Lafreni is Matthews. I think he's below Matthews. So if we're going to go below Matthews and he's not a goal scorer, Matthews is more valuable because of goals. Lafreni is a playmaker. So if we assume 60 points for Lafreni, which is a very good rookie season for a first overall pick, like very, very good. 60 points. I think 69. 69 points as a rookie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so assume 60 for Lafreni and less goals and more assists. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I would say, right? Um, maybe even say sixty-five will be optimistic. They're also risky, sixty-five points, like extremely risky because coaches might give don't up have time. Yeah, they don't have they time can. for rookies like they do with veterans. Like veterans can screw up day after day, and they'll still believe in him. A rookie screws up once, and you're benched. I don't think mm-hmm. that happens with like the top two picks, though. Typically, the first and second overall guys they get thrown out there continually. Even but like by Jack the end Hughes, of the year, like they're they're. Getting yeah. tossed out later. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But anyways, best case Lafreniere, 60 to 65 points. He's not going to shoot case, a shit like ton. 30 or 40, yeah. That's worst, worst case, yeah. but like probably realistically is a 45 to 55 point season for Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. There's no upside in drafting him in the top 100 because he won't be a peripheral stuffer either. He's not going to get a shit ton of hits or shots, mm-hmm. or blocks. At least we don't have any evidence of that yet because he hasn't. he's never been a volume shooter, mm-hmm. right? So the upside of grabbing him at like 80 or 90 is like, okay, he might put up a couple more points, but he won't fill the peripherals. And then the downside is he isn't even a top 150 player. So it's like not mm-hmm. worth it to draft those guys almost ever. Even McDavid, like, I think, Mc, where was McDavid drafted in our draft year? Like, in his draft year? I think he was drafted like top 40. Oh, and yeah, he, then he went sure. point per game, but like that's McDavid. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> and that, but he still got injured, and he wasn't even really worth a top forty pick because he was injured. But well, that's just because he got hurt. Yeah, but again, rookies are more likely to get hurt too, or not more likely, but rookies can get hurt too because mm-hmm. they're not used to the speed of the game and shit happen. Like, lots of rookies get injured in their rookie year. Right? I think there's no benefit of drafting a rookie because yeah, they're not a sleeper at all because there's so much hype. Yeah, not there's rookie. A- not, there's, not uh, there's only a couple I, I rookies mean, uh, that are sleepers. I mean, like top right, type top like ranked rookies on So year. so last year, for example, I picked up Olafson once I figured out he was playing with Eichel. Unless your league line, has to have a play. rookie. Like there's some leagues. Yeah, there are leagues that do man, that. Mandated and stuff. It's okay. To, I think it's okay to draft them, but as long as you're drafting them outside the top 150 to 180. After that, mm-hmm. pick pick up the Olafsons who might be playing on the top line with Eichel or pick up, like, mm-hmm. do that. But top 100, top 150, you can't touch rookies because they'll go too high and there's no upside with them. And they typically don't stuff categories. Like, there's very rarely there's the Brady Kachucks that hit and shoot a lot. But and most there's normally of them, a guaranteed pick right there, too. Yeah, like, and there's a guarantee. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, right? The alternative is there's a guaranteed guy that will already do that. If you're smart enough to find them, there's always you know people that'll pick up a shitty player in whatever position. But yeah, um, so I don't I don't usually touch rookies or sophomores really. I rarely do because yeah. again, if they because again they're if they have a sick enough. exactly if they have a sick rookie season, that means everyone thinks they're gonna have a sick sophomore season, which means they're gonna get drafted higher than they should. Yes. And if they have a bad rookie season, you probably don't want to even draft them. <laughs> Draft them anyways in their sophomore they're season. Hu- they're a huge risk. They could be breakout potential players, depending on where you could get them. Like Jack Hughes. Like Jack Hughes is interesting to me at two hundred next year. Yes, <laughs> he isn't interesting say, like, to me at one forty or one fifty. Like way like your yeah. bottom three, four. But picks. even but even then, I don't even think I draft Hughes at two hundred because I don't see offensive potential in New Jersey to be worth it. Yeah. Also, Hughes isn't going. Spike any numbers in like uh, peripheral stats, so he's kind of useless. Well, the that other issue is typically the top rookies are the ones that are on the worst teams. Kirby <laughs> Doc, Kako, Kako, and Hughes, New Jersey yeah. Rangers, and Chicago. Right? You don't want to own those guys in fantasy because they're on bad teams. Yeah, and that typically doesn't change that quickly. So next year, mm-hmm. those teams are still all going to be relatively bad. Chicago mm-hmm. got worse. New Jersey got slightly better. Rangers are probably the same, or maybe even a little bit worse, depending on aging mm-hmm. and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't want to own those guys regardless, and those are the typically the top rookies going into the year. Kaprizov might be interesting, but whenever you think about like all of our previous drafts with guys coming over from Russia that did really well, they go typically pretty high in drafts. Like they I do. think, well, could Jeremy grab from... Kovalchuk at like 110 or 120? <laughs> Yeah, that's from the Panarin thing. Because Panarin, in our draft, didn't get drafted the year he came over. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I I grabbed Radulov at like 160 in his rookie year. And that was worth it. That's worth it. But, and now they're going, and then Kovalchuk went way higher. So I think Kaprizov, Kaprizov could be a top 100 player next year in some leagues. Because people are just going to be so, because there's been so much hype. There's a lot of hype around him. So much hype. So, but I, he could I be don't... good. Like he, 
Yeah, I don't know, actually. I don't know enough about him. He, uh, I don't think, I don't think, it, I think he could be good. But again, like when we were talking to scouting on the pod uh, with him, right? Like he, even he said he isn't, there's a lot of risk. He isn't Panarin. He's mm-hmm. good, but odds are he isn't Panarin. And what he's seen from him, he doesn't see him as that level. So if he's not that level and he's not playing with, he might be playing with like Kevin Fiala and like, Erickson Eck or Marcus Johansson or something like that. Those aren't Patrick Kane type players where you're going to put up point per game with them, right? He did really well last year, actually. Like, really, really well. When he, was he did? 21, 22. Kaprizov or Fiala? Kaprizov. Yeah, he did really well in the K, in the K but like, it just won't be worth it. Um,. <laughs> It, I, yeah, he'll go too high. He'll, it's again, he will it's go the same too thing high. with rookies. His like, upside is like you, 60 points and his downside is like 30, like Nikita Gusev. Like the best best case with Kaprasov is you got him at the position you were supposed to get him. Yes. Yeah. If he goes yeah. really high. Like if yeah, he's really high in the draft, you got him where you're supposed to get him. Unless he goes really, really high and then you, that you lost. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like right. grabbing those guys. I like... Yes. I, I like... Because the, the the math return on investment is yeah the return on investment is not great either stagnant want, or like that yeah exactly like you want you want to want to invest in guys that are like this or at least this you don't want to invest in yeah. guys that are like, like this at least and, going not <laughs> I don't know why we're t- doing we're making hand motions on a podcast <laughs> hey we're live <laughs> we are live but Jenny's helps for those people yeah. Okay, we're just wondering if we should end it. Okay, so I think that's it. I think we might we might have another fantasy episode. I'll see the uh, the responses and people's questions and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then maybe we could pick out like a bunch of breakout players that we think might come for next year. But I feel like we talked enough about fantasy hockey here for people. Sounds good. I feel like we covered like almost every you. team and a fair a couple players from each team basically. So. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, I feel like goalies was our biggest segment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I think goalies is what people have the hardest time with. So, uh, Luke, if you're listening, you can end it. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, with 24 7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.